Hey everybody, happy Tuesday and welcome back to another episode here of The Daily Grind. Before we jump into today's podcast, first of all, wishing everyone the most amount of health and happiness out there. These times are unprecedented and all we have is each other. So hopefully today's episode brings you a little bit of uh, joy and a smile. But um, just to let you all know, the format change again. Uh, we are changing up the episodes to release on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And without further ado, everyone, let's jump into today's podcast. Joining us today on the show is Rock Thomas. Rock Thomas went from farm boy to financially free. With three decades as a life coach and self-made millionaire, Rock Thomas inspires people to create their epic lives. From humble beginnings that started on a farm just off the island of Montreal, Rock Thomas rose to the top to become a self-made millionaire. He then quickly realized that financial success is just a part of something bigger. Thus, he embarked on a quest for knowledge from the best teachers on earth. For years, Rock traveled the world to study with Deepak Chopra, Anthony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Robert Kiyosaki, and more. With over 34 business streams of revenue, Rock's mission is to teach others how to become financially free and live an epic life on their terms. On today's episode, everyone, Rock is sharing his amazing entrepreneurial journey with us. So as always, be sure you grab a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and dive deep in today's interview with Rock Thomas. Enjoy. Well, Rock Thomas, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? I'm doing really great, man. Really great. Excited to be here. Uh, we're all super excited that you're here as well, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and, and coming on the show here with us. And uh, Rock, the way we like to start here here on the show is is kind of building some context. And um, you had a unique childhood, and I think that uh, some people listening have been through that or have not, but I wonder if you could kind of share that with us and, and a little bit of that story. Yeah, you know, I think we all go through our version of childhood that can be either traumatic or really, really good. But either way, we develop some sort of a meaning associated to it. Yes. In my case, it was pretty challenging. I had a client of mine that was brought up in a really, really good environment, but she developed this this similar desire to not disappoint, but in a different way. She just had everything handed to her. So she was so afraid she was going to disappoint her parents. And she lived in massive fear mm -hmm. that she wasn't enough. On my end, I had so much emotional abandonment, lack of support growing up on a farm and, and being asked to do tasks at eight and a half, you know, chores at eight and a half years old that really, I don't think a child that age really should do, um, made me very, very strong and resilient, but it also made me feel alone and abandoned emotionally and not safe. And that ended up manifesting itself in my relationships later with some self-sabotage. And through a journey of personal development, I started to learn how to fall in love back with myself and appreciate myself and, and navigate through, um, you know, through, through life. And I think that what I learned from it is that sometimes we develop a really strong bicep called perseverance and resilience. And we have a really weak tricep called compassion and understanding and, and love or vice versa. Either way, there's a part of you you need to develop, and if you're not willing to do that, part of you will not be whole, and that's really what my whole journey is about, is helping people become whole life millionaires. Yeah, and I love that, and, and that's something that you are doing in uh, in waves here, and you know, one thing that, you know, as I was doing some research on you is one thing about your childhood is what that developed was was your work ethic, 
which I think is super important foundation for anyone, no matter what it is that you're doing. You know, interestingly enough, think of any great athlete or anybody that's performed Absolutely. at a very high level. What did they do? They fell in love with what they did so much that the work ethic was natural. What I developed was a work ethic that was habitual. It was just my father taught me, whatever you do, I expect you to do it at 100%, whether it's cleaning the toilets, sweeping the barn, doing your homework, uh, putting the dish, dishes in the dishwasher, don't half-ass it, don't take up a lot of space, be mindful, pay attention. And it's served me my whole life. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody I've worked for has always loved me as an employee, not that I'm much of an employee anymore, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> but most people, unfortunately, are looking for the easy way but you bring your habits of cutting corners to the next job or to your next business, and it's not going to serve you. So a work ethic is a cornerstone of leadership and of success. Yes. And there was one pivotal moment because, I mean, you had this amazing work ethic, but it led you into, like you had mentioned, minimum wage jobs. You did a whole bunch of different things until you met someone who changed the way that you started to think about different things in life. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was putting myself through university working at a restaurant and I showed up early and stayed late and solved a lot of problems. So they eventually made me partner. I borrowed 20 grand from my mom. And then six months later, the honeymoon phase of the restaurant was over and we bankrupted. Learn a huge learning. Then I went into the airlines with the guy that owned the restaurant. He went back to the airlines and I climbed that ladder very quickly from flight attendant to purser to director of in flight because of the work ethic, the show up, the willingness to say yes, figure it out later. They would always call me when a flight attendant went down because they knew I would say yes. And you create opportunities for yourself when you are the type of person that says yes to things. So many people in life, they're like, well, what shift is that? No, I don't know. Let me check. Oh, is, is it going to be, you know, is there food on that? Do I get a bonus? Yeah, so true. Yeah. And I wouldn't look at it that way. I'd just be, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. How can I serve? Yes, sir, what else can I do for you? So naturally, when somebody solves problems like that, opportunities come to them. And I would invite anybody listening is be the type of person that serves first. Learn and serve, and the world will come to you. I completely agree with that. It's, it's, it's having that attitude. And I'm a big believer in that our thoughts – the way that we think control our behaviors and our behaviors are are what we get in action and, and the results that we're getting are di direct reflection of the habits that we have. Um, what are some, there's a lot of people on the show who are not where they want to be, who are listening, who are not where they want to be, and they're looking to break out into something else. What are some pivotal things that they can start doing with the way that they're thinking in order to start getting what they want? Yeah, so the thing I learned was that the words that follow I am follow you. And we all have some form of a negative label, like I'm lazy, I'm a procrastinator, I'm not good with numbers, I'm shy, I'm introverted. So take a look at your labels and decide which one is not serving you and ask yourself this, is that really who I am? Was I born that way? Were you born a procrastinator? Were you born introverted? Were you born shy? You may have that tendency but could you, and at times, are you completely different? And most of the time, it's a label that was offered to you by somebody else that in that moment, they noticed you were that way, which is true. Anybody could be stupid for a moment. Anybody could be shy for a moment. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that's who you are. 
So my brothers and sisters called me pizza face because I had um, acne. And for 20 years of my life, I walked around feeling ugly until my mentor taught me that I could change the way I see myself by embodying a role model that I identified with when I was really being honest with myself. And I chose Clint Eastwood. Okay. And I went from pizza face in my mind and gave it a new label called Ruggedly Handsome. And my mentor said, the more you repeat it and the more energetically you repeat it to yourself, you're going to overwrite the past label. So you could say, you know, everybody has a pizza face, I say. Everybody, let's say you're a procrastinator. Change that to I'm a man of action. I'm a woman of, of spirit. I say yes to things and step into them. And you say that over and over again, you'll start to become it and you move into what we call a new identity. Mm. That first book I wrote was called The Power of Your Identity. The strongest force in human nature is your and my desire to remain consistent with how we describe ourselves. But if we're describing ourselves with a label from the past of some uncle or teacher that told us we were stupid, dumb, too short, too tall, we'll never amount to much, we'll play that out for the rest of our life until we give it a new identity. And that may be the, the single most empowering thing that I had in my life because I went from working hard to working smart. I went from a laborer to a salesperson. I went from being broke to millionaire in four years, all because I changed the way I saw myself. How long did that take you? Like from, from the moment of when you, you know, sort of self-identified yourself as piece of face because people gave that label to you, to you starting to say, I am ruggedly handsome. How many times did you have to say that, like looking back until you truly believed it? Well, there's three levels of, of learning. One is cognitive. That's like, you know, if you don't put your seatbelt on and you have a car accident, you know, you could you could get injured. Mm -hmm. That's a cognitive thing. The emotional one is maybe you witness a car accident and you see somebody's face go through a windshield and you're like, oh, my God. But when it's physical and you have that experience, you may wear your seatbelt for the rest of your life because something happened. You can't even let anybody in your car. You won't even drive the car yeah. until everybody's buckled up because it happened to me and it'll never happen to anybody else. So the way that you transform is you make it physical. If you go, you know, I'm ruggedly handsome. I'm ruggedly handsome. Yeah, I'm, I'm ruggedly handsome. There's no emotion to it. But if you start to embody it, envision it, say it, share it, declare it. In my book, I give you nine different ways that you can integrate it into your cells. Once you make it physical and you own it, it just depends on how much energy that you're willing to give it. That's how quickly the transformation happens. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and I think it's it's probably different like time-wise. It's probably different for a lot of people. It could happen quickly for some and it could take a really long time for others because I – and it may just deal with how you grew up and what you went through. Yeah, 100%. It depends on the trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So for somebody that was beaten or raped or had something very traumatic, for them to now trust somebody and be in a room alone with that person that reminds them of that, that might never go away. They might always have a remnant of that. Where the person who was just told, well, you're, you're slow with math, they could change that to I love numbers and maybe it wouldn't take them very long. So it just depends on the depth, what we call the triple E, the extreme emotional event. How extreme was it? How much do you have to carve out and excavate and then fill back in versus the person who maybe just had a minor trauma? Yeah. And you know what's funny, Rock, is I think that 
you know, what you're saying makes so much sense. And there are people listening who get it, but there are very few people who will take action on that, which is very funny. Why, why do you think that that is? Why do you think that so many people get it? They see it, but yet they're unwilling to, to change what they're doing now in order to get better results in the future. Yeah, Colin, that's the million dollar question. Yeah. And the answer is one that I, I keep on telling people is that there's two parts to you and there's a two million year old brain called keep you alive. And it's done a pretty good job. There's 7.5 billion people on the planet. So it's got evidence. What's the tool it uses? Fear. Fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Fear of being embarrassed. Fear of being alone. So the fear mechanism creates paralysis. Because if you think about it, the brain wants to be lazy. So it goes, if you sit on the, on the couch and you, drink, and you eat Doritos and you do nothing and you watch Netflix all night long, how safe will you be? Very safe. The brain can relax. But if I go and I have to speak in public and I have to open up a new business and I have to ask for a raise, and I have to do all these things. What if, what if that's the alarm go off? And then the brain starts to shut down because it hasn't learned that there's no winning and losing, there's winning and learning. So this, the, the process of personal development is finding a mentor that you can model until you master it and having them walk beside you like mine walked beside me, correcting me all along the way. It's not the crosswinds that, that create the, uh, the struggle for, this, for the sailor, it's the lack of his ability to adjust to the crosswinds. Everybody that that sails and races, they have the same wind, but yeah. the winner adjusts to it, and the champion finds a mentor that can guide them through all those little nuances. How do I change the meaning? How do I reframe? How do I talk to myself better? How do I give myself a new identity? How do I make decisions better? Set goals. There's a multitude of pieces required, and you can't learn it in five minutes. Yeah, that's so true, and I love what you had said there about winning and learning because you know, I admit I don't have everything figured out, but I've over the last you know few years of my journey, what I have become is a lot more happy. And I think that for a lot of people, that's what they look for. And I realized that in my most unhappy state, I was stagnant and I wasn't doing anything. And I was sitting on the couch eating Doritos, watching Netflix at night. And because I was fearful of trying something and failing, but what I learned is that failing is better than doing nothing. Yeah, and you know, I think we can all relate to those times we went mm -hmm. through. I remember going through a, a stage after my divorce where I played um, James Bond video games for hours on end and just kind of hold myself up in the basement. We all have gone through periods like that, yeah. the dark side to ourselves. But here's something you can add to that, no winning and losing, there's winning and learning. Yes. If you like to learn, you'll take action because you'll always learn. If you like to win, you'll take action because you like to win. But what about this? When you learn, you get feedback from the universe that says that you tried to jump on your skateboard, you wiped out, that didn't work. And feedback is just information to get you another distinction so the next time you can get better. Does that make sense as well? Yeah, that totally makes sense. That totally makes so, sense. So, so forget failure. Failure doesn't exist in my book. Feedback exists, and feedback is the breakfast of champions. So you're going to take action. You're going to get feedback, and it's going to move you further along the course. You're going to say it works, or you're going to say that didn't work. I adjust. I course correct. I course correct. I course correct until you get there, 
and a hungry champion never quits. There is no failure. There is no quit. There is just correct, 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 correct with the data that is given back through the effort. You can't get data without any effort and you can't improve what you don't measure. Yes. So champions take massive action. You've heard this before. I fail faster. That's why I win. That's what that's all about. Yeah, that's so true. And, and it's adjusting. And that's what I want to touch on next is I think for you, you have been able to adapt and adjust because you went from, say, farm boy and you worked in restaurants and then you went to real estate and then you went into to business owner and entrepreneur. How have you over the years, like how have you been able to continuously adjust and adapt yourself? You know, um, I'm very conscious of the fact that my identity is a moving target. And as you go through the different phases of your life from, you know, 13 to 30 as a man, we are in that stage where everything we do is just another mountain to climb. So you do everything, whether you're a waiter or you're a busboy or you're a caddy at a golf course or you're parking cars or you work at a hotel. If you are willing to do everything at 100 percent, then you acquire a breadth of knowledge that serves you later, typically Mm -hmm. from your 30s to your 50s. What you're doing is you've found that one thing that you want to have that you do better than anybody else, the gift that you bring to the world. And then in your 50s, you're in a mode where hopefully you're able to mentor and give back and teach what you learned through the 25 or 30 years of your grind, of your of your growth. And now you become more of a mentor. So for me, I've walked through those phases. And it's funny, right around 50 years old, I found the concept of the mastermind group and I created a mastermind group called Go Abundance, a tribe for healthy, wealthy, generous men that choose to lead epic lives and don't apologize for being expletive awesome. And with that, we found that we are all so much in desire of connection that you can surround yourself with successful people, you will be drawn forward. Likewise, if you surround yourself with people that you like, but that have lower standards, you'll be drawn back because you don't want to be separated from separated from them. So I really found my kind of my mission and, 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 and desire to impact the world at the highest level right around 50. And most people are like, but rock, I want to know what my passion is. I want to know what my purpose is. <laughs> you might not find it until later, but if you are willing to play full out, you'll collect a whole bunch of resources that you can later utilize to live through that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, you know, for people asking the question, that they're trying to say build that inner circle themselves, surround themselves with more winners in their mind. Um, how do you balance sort of letting go of maybe people who are pulling you down and yet still going out and finding the right people to surround yourself with? Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's one of the most important points. And here's the interesting thing is that your parents always told you, don't hang out with Johnny. He's a bad influence, right? Yeah. And our parents managed our peer groups for us to the best of their ability when we were growing up because they knew the impact. We become adults and we hang out with our neighbor because he happens to be beside us and listen to him complain about his boss and we think nothing of it. So I think you can very, very carefully choose the people you hang out with. 95% of people, you know, are broke and are not healthy mm-hmm. and 5% are. So think about it. If you just walk through your mall, down your street, talk to your neighbors, the chances are that those people are toxic. It's just the way it is. I don't make it up. It's just the way it is. 
So if you're going to if you're going to purposefully find good people, you need to go to seminars, you need to go to events, you need to go where people are making things happen, where people are thinking differently. I'm often called crazy because I do things differently, but hey, you know what? I have 37 streams of income. I have I I make plenty of money in a month that would last me for a year. And I don't have to get up to work for it because I've learned how to leverage those things through my mentors that taught me and I have time freedom. And I'm 56 years old and I can do 57 push-ups non nonstop. And, and I don't say that to impress anybody. Amazing. I just say it because I often challenge 20-year-olds and they can't keep up with me because I've chosen to have the time to take care of my body. And I think most people would do that if they had the time. I agree. And I think that's a the biggest excuse people say to themselves is, you know, I'm too busy. Or when you, I think it's a common thing, you go to meet family or whatever, and you're like, oh, how's life? Oh, so busy. It's just, it's ingrained in our minds to, to continuously answer the question that way. And I catch myself a lot of times doing it too. Well, it's a, what I call a time story. Mm -hmm. And most people have it. And there's five reasons I've learned because I teach something called the Sunday system for success, where you plan your week uh, one week at a time and you reverse engineer it and there's, there's seven steps. But anyway, there's five reasons why people continually put themselves into what we call the red zone. And one of the payoffs is a charge of endorphins that happens when you feel like everything's on the line. It's 15th of, of April. You need to do your taxes. It's the last chance you have to get your passport renewed. And people live off of that adrenaline zone because they can't manufacture that kind of energy through their vision and their dreams because they've given up on them. Mm. But when you really lock into that, you'll find out why does Steph Curry still, you know, throw 1500 free throws a day because he's able to manufacture the sense of urgency and importance on something he's done through the power of visioning. But most people aren't taught that they don't know it. But when they get into a circle of people that are doing it, you can learn it really quickly and really easily and watch your wealth go up, your health go up, your energy go up, your emotional IQ go up and watch your freaking life transform before your very eyes. That is power there, everyone. Um, and now, Rock, one of the last questions I want to ask you here because we're coming up to the top of the hour. Um, I love asking this question. I'm wondering for you, say you could go back and sit down with, say, an 18-year-old version of yourself and not change anything but offer a piece of advice or piece of guidance. I'm wondering for you what that would be. Gosh, you know, I, I, I wish I could give 20 pieces, but <laughs> um, I would say that there's the event that happens in our life, the car accident, the contract that doesn't go through, the breakup with, in a relationship, and then there's the story we tell ourselves about it. And those are distinctly two different things. She broke up on me. She cheated on me. He, you know, he's an X, Y, Z. No, what happened is that, you know, you, you're no longer together. Everything else is made up. So whatever happens in your life, are you a good storyteller about your life? Are you a good student? Do you learn? Do you use what happens? Or do you play victim and feel like life is happening to you instead of for you? And I think that that's the most important thing because too many people spend time wishing things were different, mm -hmm. hoping things will be easier, and trying to cut a break instead of getting better. So work on getting better and using what's around you to make it happen no matter what. And if people want to get better themselves, Rock, um, where's the best place that they can reach out, connect with you, and learn more about what you do and what you have coming on? 
So rockthomas.com, my website, they'll get a free copy of my book if they fill out a quick little assessment on where they're at in different areas of their life. And they can go to social media and find me at Rock Thomas. I do some free lives and I do some uh, postings on Instagram and Twitter and all that sort of good stuff. Happy to help, happy to contribute, happy to make a difference. And certainly um, our tribes, uh, GoBundance.com and GoM1.com are a little more intimate, a little more inner circle. But for the people that are really serious and hungry and want to level up their peer group, that's the best place to find us. Amazing. Well, everyone, I'm going to share all these links to make it super simple to um, connect with Rock on social media, visit his websites. And if you're really serious about making that change, I'll share those as well. And now, Rock, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. So I once went skiing and I had I brought two left boots and I thought, what a terrible thing. <laughs> and then I, re- I realized that um, I could squeeze my foot into my wife's left boot and still snowboard. And normally when I went out with my six and eight year old, I would dash down the hill and impatiently wait at the bottom of the hill for them to um, to catch up to me. And, and we would be separated and it would be stressful. But I was forced to go slower because one boot I couldn't put into the bracket. And I learned from that that everything happens for a reason. And if you're willing to be open and you're willing to be creative, then you will end up having it serve you. So I would say stop being so frustrated by what's happening to you. Allow yourself to utilize what's around you and then let it serve you. And then enjoy your day in spite of what you think it should have been. And there you have it, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, all I ask is that you share this out with one person who you feel like could really benefit from today's message and today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back on Thursday with another one. Until then, everyone, stay healthy and always remember to keep on grinding.